Hello and welcome into the J-Rod Talk Pod with me, James Robson. And me, Ollie Dix. So today, Ollie and I are going to be having a quick look back at an eventful Stage 8 with a hell of a lot of climbing and a lot of drama to follow as well. So let's jump straight into the conversation that Ollie and I are having about Stage 8 of the Tour de France. Right, so Ollie, we thought that today might be uh, a sort of GC shakedown to a certain extent. And uh, in a way it was, because sort of all of the major rivals to Adam Yates had a pop at him as he was going up um, the last couple of climbs. I mean, it's good to see him get through these tests, isn't it? And um, what kind of state do we think he is in moving forward? Uh, I would say his... Like, the crack, that's the first sign of a crack that we've seen from Yates. And that's the first time that actually we've kind of seen him turn around and be a bit like, mm, I've got to drop back, go at my pace, recoup a little bit, and then can go on the attack again. Um, so, so yeah, I think it would be very interesting to see what kind of shape he turns up in tomorrow. Because I think a lot of guys, we thought today was a time for people to attack tomorrow I think is going to be an even like bigger quest for people to attack having the rest day the day after yeah so you think that people because they've kind of seen what can happen when he's put under pressure will just try and pile on the pressure yeah and I think what we've seen now is how the GC guys will react so we saw Alaphilippe go off try and break away and guys responded with their own attacks Usually we've kind of either seen guys, right, he can go, we'll let him go, or they've gone after them. We've not really seen guys go after them and then attack themselves. And I think that would be really interesting to see. I think for me, one of the interesting things is it it kind of showed today a a lack of racing experience from the GC riders this year. You know, like there were riders that kind of don't really know what shape they're in. And so had a pot where normally they would be able to make it to the end and weren't able to. I mean, like, you know, at the bottom of the last climb, Dumoulin, you know, really started going for it, but then lost two minutes on on the group as well. Do you, you know, think you that's... had Alaphilippe going hard and then cracking and getting dropped again? And, uh, you know, I mean, we haven't even started talking about my man to watch for today, which was Thibaut Pino, who was a man to watch in for the wrong reasons the opposite way I mean he he lost uh, 19 minutes on all the GC contenders and that is effectively his Tour de France over do you think Dumoulin's pace was actually a highlight of his role in the team I wonder whether actually like we have placed him as a GC contender but whether he ever was is like an interesting like conversation I think to be had because I don't think you put in a shift like he did early doors with the hope of then trying to stay with guys who will be fresh and who have, you know, succeeded from your, like, the work that you've put in. I think the Dumoulin that we've come to know over the last couple of years maybe could have. Yeah. But... I think Sunweb Dumoulin. Yeah, but that that move today has demonstrated his position in the team. Yeah. That has shown the team, as well as the fans, that... Roglic is the is the number one guy. Yeah. Um, okay, and then moving on to uh, you know uh, Roman Bardet managed to steal a you know a couple of what was it thirty six seconds or something off 
um, off the main GC contenders, which sort of, you know, made him him leapfrog uh, Nairo, Quintana and Bernal in the standings. He is now fourth. fourth. Yeah, he's two seconds behind Guillaume Martin. Um, He's only two seconds in front of um, Bernal and and, uh, Quintana. But, you know... I think what's interesting you say that is, you know how we've spoken about Adam Yates' stage-by-stage guide for each stage. Yates picks one to watch for tomorrow's Roman Bardet. Really? That is interesting. I think, like, yeah, I, obviously it says a lot, I think, when your compatriots kind of respect you enough to kind of think, right, well, he could do some damage today, and it wouldn't surprise me if today was a bit of a tester for his legs. Can I go if I want to go? Yes, I can. Will tomorrow look even better for me? Potentially, because actually only being 11 seconds back, it doesn't take much for him to 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 start closing and being a real GC contender. Yeah. I mean, other than that, the GC stays largely the same. And and if um, you know if Yates can put together a good day of riding tomorrow, he'll uh, you know I still think he'll be in the yellow uh, for the rest day, which which is a big psychological advantage. It's you know having a day off and and thinking okay, well that's the first third of the tour done, and I'm I've done it the fastest until now. Do you think psychologically potentially his mindset is changing? Do you think the pressure of having that yellow jersey on his back is actually turning it into... Because he's turned around and said, you know, like, I I am now wearing the yellow jersey, so I need to do everything I can to stay in it. Yeah, I mean... Whereas actually, like, later on in the tour, he might have chances for stage wins, which is what they said they were here for. And actually, this is potentially going to put him in the bin for those kinds of days. Yeah, I think now you're... you're, um... Is it too hard to resist? No, you you have to respect the jersey enough to do everything you can to stay in it right. while you're in it. You know that's that's um, I think. Do you think that's what Ala Philippe did last year? That's yeah, that same kind of perspective that they're yeah. both in now. I think it was not. It was a tour that Ala Philippe last year didn't necessarily intend to ride. Yeah, but he had to. Right. In the same way, I think you know Yates and you know Mitchelton Scott are having to ride a tour like they're wearing the yellow jersey because they are they could have got caught out yesterday you know by not having any men in the break with with Yates and yeah, no, that's true. Um, and they were lucky not to lose out again today but uh, okay now let's turn our attention to the stage win then because um, Nons Peter uh, you know riding in his first uh, Tour de France showed how strong the future of cycling is. I mean, they, he was he was part of a breakaway. I think it was 13, yeah. 13 guys were in the initial breakaway. They got out to about ten minutes, so a fair old lead on the uh, on the on the peloton. And some guys that we've seen, like I would say, Zacharine is someone you you know is quite dangerous. We saw uh, Jeremy uh, Kuzan spend about over a hundred k out on his own in the earlier stage. So like. They were guys who guys were willing to let go out, and I think that's quite interesting that you that they were happy to go out, and not to take away from Peters's performance, but I do have to ask you about what you think about the GC guys letting Pogacar go. Yeah, I mean, I get that he'd lost time like on the previous day, so actually you're not too worried, but like you don't know how big that gap gets to when you let him go. 
but he went near the end. Yeah. No, so it's, it's fair. I just think it's quite interesting. That I think they were, they were willing all, to kind of. That was a gap that was managed. Yeah. I think. Um, and they knew that by that when he went and and the way that he went that you know he was maybe going to steal a minute, but he wasn't going to. He wasn't going to be in the jersey, but I mean, you know, it's the first, um, the first, you know, meaningful input from ag 2 r Le Mondial uh, in a while. Um, it's the first winning three years, and it's yeah, and it, it's just great to see them um, at the forefront of cycling again because they've had Romain Bardet, but it, that's always been the sort of if only case, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and it, it's great to see them on the top step of the podium, which is. You know, which is, I'm not going to say where they belong, but it's they're a team of that ilk. They they deserve to be up up around there. No, for sure. For Peters to win, like it says, you know, he won uh, a stage in the Giro, his first time there, and he's won a stage on the Tour and his first time in France. And I think that that is that yeah says a lot to to the potential of of that. And I I can't get away from the fact that I think Bardet could could really try and have a go tomorrow. Yeah. Um okay and then looking looking quickly to, to Ineos, um not really too much to report to be honest. I mean obviously they got um Bernal's been overtaken by Bardet so he's now in fifth. Um but he's not any further back on Adam Yates. Just checked every move essentially that he needed to. Yeah. Again we 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 kind of discussed this yesterday how with it not being a summit finish it was going to be a you know we thought it might be a gc shakedown in 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 so much that we saw who the real players were we didn't see their cards yeah and um i think that that's what we saw today i think we will be sat here waiting for ineos to do something and just waiting and then one day they'll do something and it'll be like right well there we go now we know their cards yeah whereas at the moment i think only they know what they're trying to do. There's yeah. no real obvious plan. Like it's not like we're going to control the peloton. This is what we're going to do. It's not like oh we're going to prioritize some stage wins and trust that Bernal can get himself in the right position. You know, it's actually we're just kind of going to dilly dally around for a bit, make sure we don't lose too much, and then you know in those last ten days, I think we're going to see like actual Ineos go for something whereas at the moment I would argue that they're just checking every move so far it's it's not like okay yeah like let's go it's um it's just checking and so I think that would be interesting like if Bernal has to go because you, you don't want to give a minute up to Yates, Roglic, even Bardet you know like I think it will be interesting to see if Bernal does decide to go, especially with like the bonus seconds that are available at the top of that last climb and then at the finish. Yeah. Um, but then like turning our attention to the other journey jerseys that we, we've got going on, I mean, Sam Bennett managed to steal two points over Peter Zagan in the, in the green jersey. Um, obviously, again... So what's that, three points back now? Uh, yeah. Obviously, Egan Bernal stays in um, stays in in the white jersey by uh, oh no, he's seven points back. Sorry, seven points back um, on Peter Sagan. Um, Egan Bernal stays in the white jersey, and um, part of the 
breakaway was uh, Benoit Cosnefroy, who maintains his lead, um, uh, you know, maintains the jersey, let me say, um, but Nons Peters uh, did close the gap a little bit. So he's into team well with Ori there as well. Yeah, but I think that shows that um, AG2 Ala Mondial know, know what they want to set their team up to be like, and it's a climbing team. Yeah, 100%. Um, Especially with. Uh, yeah, Bardet. That's a that's a very strong climbing group of Bardet, Cosnefroy, and is it Zacharine? Yeah. So yeah, no. Um, but you know, I think it's it's uh, it, it it was a it was an interesting stage, and I think it'll be a stage that we look back on, and say. That was, the sort of. Uh, that was the foretelling of what was going to happen, um, and that's that's you know, yeah, an interesting stage to look at. But turning our attention then to tomorrow because stage nine, um, we've got 153k um, and two Cat One climbs uh, with an intermediate sprint halfway through, uh, well about 99k in, but an- another sort of difficult day of climbing, but. A descent into a finish, and it, it just seems like it seems like a day where a breakaway could get a large amount of minutes again. Yeah, but I mean, it seems a bit like I mean, I'm sat here going, well, "We're wasting these massive climbs on having a descent. on descent finishes." Like, actually, if if they whacked a a, um, a, a mountain top finisher in in there you would see some serious fireworks from some of the GC teams. But, you know, this... I can't see a, a different... You know, you're saying that Romain Bardet is going to go out big, but I can't see the GC contenders. Other than someone dropping back and having a bad day, I don't think anyone will go off the front and do something crazy. Yeah, I mean... I think it'll be another day of controlled cycling from the, the only thing players. That, the only thing that brings me to a bit of, not a lack of control, but the urge to go out is that there are some bonus seconds at the top of that last climb. Yeah. So actually, like, someone will want to pull their finger out because if Roglic can get up there and get some bonus seconds, then he can then just ride in with Yates. And then actually that's him in yellow. And so I think that's actually quite... It'd be quite interesting to see how that happens. If you are like Robbie and are looking for a stage where why have we not got a summit finish, uh, stage 13 on next Friday, you have uh, two category one climb followed by a category three, then a category two intermediate sprint surprised if any sprinters make it that far category 3, category 3 and then a category 2 with bonus seconds followed by a category 1 summit finish which is your kind of stage isn't it? That's what you're after That's, it's definitely the kind of stage that I mean and then the Sunday after that you've got the final 70k you have two cat 1 climbs and a summit finish on a beyond categorization climb. Yeah, which is pretty heinous. Seventeen K at seven percent. Yeah. So, so I think that's what when we say we're waiting for Ineos, I think that's when you're waiting for. I think you next got Friday rest, is yeah. And like that last week of 
the tour looks absolutely heinous like another summit finish another summit finish on wednesday 17 that's got the madeleine in as well like uh next saturday stage 20 is a summit finish finish with a category one climb like and that's before we go into paris so like i 100% agree that we are potentially wasting time but i think we should bide our time because we're going to have some absolute fireworks going on soon nice thank you very much for listening to that episode of the j rod tour pod looking back at um a stage eight which um i think yeah as we as we said in the pod just sort of gave us a little taster of what's to come um but Join us tomorrow and we'll be looking back at uh, stage number nine um, and what we're hoping is going to be an exciting stage with lots of climbing. Um, But until then, please make sure that you subscribe, follow us on social media and let us know if there's anything you want to hear.